Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shane needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2018 AFL Premiership by God, it was pretty competitive, especially by 2023 standards. Honey Badger 35 here, joined by Keys, also joined by a podcast debutant, Curse, Curse Merc- uh, Mercenary on Big Footy. G'day, welcome to the show, welcome to uh, to the Big Footy podcast family. Good to get another debutant. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, mate. Have, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk about um, the Eagles this week and more positive this week than negative. Absolutely. Yeah, you picked a good week. Uh, look, guys, jump in the comments, share the show. We're on Spotify. I'm going to get that Spotify feed fixed as well, so apologies for a few people who have been tagging me this week. Spotify, we're on that. Apple Podcasts, all the good stuff. Share the show. Share the love. Have your say. All right. Guys, let's dive into some football, and we actually have some AFL-caliber football to talk about this week, if you would believe it. West Coast Eagles, 12-5-77, defeated by St Kilda, 12-13-85. Look, the Saints did have more shots, especially towards the end. Roscoe uh, pointed out in the press conference there that they probably should have won by a little bit more than they did. But curse, I mean, for the Eagles fan that's been starved of competitive footy, we came out of the gate hot. Played some good footy. The youngsters were good. Some of the veterans really cracked in and showed you what they're still worth. Obviously, it didn't go away in the end, and it's sort of a bit of a slow chip, chip, chip away at the lead there. But for me, I thought, you know what? Hey, a perfectly watchable football game, and I'll take that. Curse, what did you make of the, of the Saints game? Yeah, it was a um, it was a very exciting, um, very exciting contest for us. For the for the for not for about ninety percent of it, we were we were on top, and um, you know the youngsters all came through and, and made a really big contribution, and we got some good um, contribution from the likes of you know, Shuey and um, and the, the midfield as well. And we we were just um, we were just the, the, intent, the pressure was so intense. And we just felt like we were getting back to what the plan was at the start of the year, you know. Um, but then even though we were five goals up at half time, you, you just had that in the back of your mind that, oh, you know, St Kilda are going to come back and they'll probably still win. And unfortunately, they did at the end. Um, I don't think um, our, our efficiency inside the 450 was was quite enough to get the job done in the end of the day. And St Kilda still had enough class to, to get the job done. But still, look, you know, I mean, I was disappointed at the end of the game, but, you know, I was proud of the effort. And, look, you know, if we can bring more of that for the rest of the season, then that's all we can ask. I mean, you know, hopefully this week will be tough, you know, but well, yeah, yeah. as long as the effort is there, we can keep the score down a bit. You know, that that's all we can ask from the team. Yeah, we were talking, uh, Keys, last week about, you know, what's the response? Obviously, the Sydney game, shocker. By week before that, Adelaide game before that was a shocker. So, 
Where's the response and what does the response look like? We talked about maybe oh, keeping it under 30 points would be nice as a bit of a pipe dream. And it was a hell of a lot more than that straight away. I mean, uh, Kirst just mentioned then Keys Shuey. Great game for him and, and plenty of stuff to like from the kids. What did you like? Who was setting the tone? Because Shuey cracking in straight away. I think he had eight tackles at quarter time. But then it's the Hewitts and the, and the Longs and the Marricks. And all in all, it was just... What a refreshing game of football, even with the loss case. Yeah, I think I think we talked last week. One of the things that we wanted to see was the um, was the senior guys to step up and, and lead mm. the way. Yeah. and I think they, I think they did that, and I, I think they that brought the younger guys along with them. And, I, and you look at that game, and you probably you probably think that's sort of what they were sort of aiming at at the start of the year was you know the the old guys to set the example and 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 drag the young guys along with them. And I think that. That that happened. I like, I mean, twenty seconds in, I was sort of had my head in my hands, and yeah. it's like, oh shit, really? Here we go again. Um, <laughs> um, and there, yeah. Look, you know, Shui. I think Shui, in particular, led by example, and I think Barras and Hearn down back um, sort of held up. Um, I think early doors in that first quarter where. I think St Kilda probably had the better field position for the first five minutes or so when we sort of held on. And I think Alan got the first goal for us, from memory. And then it sort of well. came out. And then the, the second quarter was sort of like, um, you know, where the fuck did that come from? That was, you know, it was, you know I made the half time, you, as Kerr said, you sort of had back of your mind that, you know, we probably aren't going to be going to hold on. But you sort of dared to dream a little bit at the half time. Thought, well, you know, we're, we're in it, and then even, mm. I, and I think even in that, a, a good sign in that third quarter was the Saints came at us and they got that first three, and then we we steadied ourselves and we got we got three back and sort of restored that half time margin. And they thought, oh, okay, here we go. But I think in in the end, I think um, I think the legs our legs gave up on us. Yeah, um, and I think. Uh, we were really effective in that first half, moving the ball across half back. Sort of a bit of a throwback to our 2018 game style, where we we sort of uh, you know shared the ball around and then waited rather than go long. And I think after yeah. half time, St Kilda took that away from us, and they forced us they forced us down the line. And and I think um, Royal Marshall was a really big presence in that second mm. half because we were sort of kicking to him and. I thought him and Bailey Williams had a really good tussle for the match. I think um, Bailey probably shaded him in the ruck a little bit and then the follow-up work around the contest. But probably I think mirrored Marshall the game probably... a bit because I thought Bailey early. I was like, oh, Bailey's actually getting on top of him here. But then you yeah, said, I think Bar- as it Bar- went on, Marshall yeah. just... Yeah. I think Marshall, Marshall around the ground was just his marking around it. I think he had maybe 10 or 12 marks off the top of my head. Um, and he was, he was a pretty big presence, uh, particularly in that second half around the ground. So, But it was good... <laughs> I rate Marshall as a really good ruckman, so I think Williams to hold his own against him was um, after he got he got touched up by Hickey against Sydney, so it was a good sort of way for Williams to come back. Yeah, let's uh, not talk about that Sydney game as, as much as we can there, Case. Uh, Curse, interesting point from Keyes, and it was one that was mirrored on Big Footy and, and talked about even by the commentary at the time. The Eagles went heavy on that kick mark, and you look at our kick-to-handball ratio, 1.58 for the game, which actually is nowhere near as high as it used to be in the in the glory days of the kick mark. But it was pretty evident that they were happy to possess it, they were happy to control the footy and just go slowly. It's reflected in guys like Hearn and Witherden having plenty of marks, plenty of kicks. But I thought there was what we probably haven't seen since the best of those days was patience 
patience, be patient, switch it, that's fine. But when it's time to go, get going. And I thought guys like Noah Long in particular, looking inboard, always being aggressive. Once they got it to the wing, they actually went for it instead of just lumping it into the into the 50, I thought. So a deliberate ploy, do you reckon, by Simo and the coaching staff? Or do you think just maybe time and place, that's how the game sort of shaped? That's how that's what St Kilda gave us? Because it, it did help the Eagles possess the footy for quite a while at the start there, yeah. Yeah, I think they they tried to mix it up a bit. You know, I think they um they wanted to, you know, be more positive after the Sydney game, and you know, they really wanted to sort of get the, the fans on side on the, at the ground and just mm. make things more exciting. I, St Kilda didn't they didn't play well in the first half. They were quite terrible, and, and we um you know we were really on on in the first half. So I, I think um, that contributed to it as well. So, but um it was good to see some really positive football from us. And um, you know, mix up the game style a bit. Um, again, this weekend it might be a bit different. So, um, yeah. but I mean, we just want to see um, you know players who have the skills, you know, to actually you know go ahead and, and take it on. Like you know, Elijah Hewitt, you know, he's a, he's got such a wonderful burst of speed, and um, and Noah Long as well. You know, it's, it's and actually, I thought Campbell Chester actually had, finally he looks like he's he's come through and he, he had a really good game. Mm. Not an all star game, but he he certainly showed something. So. I think certainly a lot of positives out of the game for, for the youngsters and for uh, for the team. Oh, I mean, Chester, that was his most complete AFL game. And you look at the final numbers, you go, okay, he had, what, 13-odd disposals yeah. and three tackles. They don't, as you said, he's not going to get a nomination for it or anything like that, for sure. But if you've been watching his journey, you look at that and there were moments there where you thought, oh, Chester's really been up to the pace today, which yeah. is an important step. You know, they're not all going to be all-stars straight out of the gate and we know where he's at in his development. He's missed quite a lot of footy. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought Chester up there, Kirst, because I thought he was uh, a bit of a ripper as well in, in his own sort of way. Uh, yeah. Keys, we've talked long. We've talked, you know, Bailey Williams and Marek had a couple of nice goals bobbed up. Kirst just mentioned his name there, so go on, let's do it. Elijah Hewitt, how excited were you by... The goal, how excited was he by the goal, just quietly. But, uh, you know, you look at that and you think, Jinby, you couldn't be more happy with his debut season. We've been robbed of quite a bit of footy for Hewitt this year, but that was his, that was his uh, showing out party a little bit. Yeah, I've been I've been big on Hewitt since pre-season. For watching at training, you can see he's... My own view is he will end up being better than Jimby because I think he's a more natural football player. I think he reads the... The ball and he's got he has got that that burst speed power and he showed that with that goal in that third quarter. I mean, there's not a lot of goals and that can, guys that can hit the ball at pace like that. And I think he we sh- he showed it in that um, Port preseason game briefly. He took he took it from a rock contest and kicked the goal. And I think just once he you know through up until that game, I think he's he's shown bits, but he's sort of been. I think early on he's a little bit underdone. He did have the confidence, and he got the he got that um, silly freaking rolled ankle in the waffle game in the first at the opening oh, bounce and ten seconds that yeah, set yeah. him back. And then he sort of came back, and he was showing he was showing that sort of touch in the Collingwood game until fuckhead hit him. Um, and then. You know, so it was it was good to, for him to come back and and do that. And I think there's there's some sort of real genuine. I think even I can't remember. I think it was one of the one of the either footy classified. Or I saw a glimpse of one of them. And even even the guys over east were sort of sitting up and going, "Is this guy's? You know, maybe he's not too bad." So, um, but apart from that, I really like Marrick's game. Yes. Um, like there was a few things with him. It was. He laid some good tackles, um, but I like he's really quick with his hands, um, and he had a couple of quite intelligent sort of knock-ons and things like that as well mm. um, at different times. So you can sort of see, 
Sim, Simo was sort of saying when we got him across, he's like, he's got like a proper footy brain. You can just tell. And, you know, given the beltings we got in those two games he played, he didn't really get much of a chance to, to show that. But I think in that game, we sort of saw what he what he might be. Um, and it was nice to see Jack Williams get a goal. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. Yeah. And, and the other thing was, he was actually, he was quite decent in the ruck. I mean, there was those, we had those couple of um, throwback shoey bursts from the centre. One was from a Bailey mm. Williams knockout and the other one was from a Jack Williams knockout. So, um, and that Hewitt goal was, um, yeah. was Jack Williams knocking into his path. So, it over, yeah. that was that was sort of something I wasn't really expecting from him. So, um, he took a couple of good grabs. So, I mean, there was, he didn't have a massive influence on the game, but there's a couple of things there just the, you can sort of see there's there's something there to work through when you're. I mean, still only 19, I think. Maybe he might have just turned 20, um, and he's on the way back from a ruptured fucking spleen. So, um, yeah. So that he was. He, there was a bit to like about his game as well. Yeah, and you look at how long it's taken for Bailey Williams, which is by no means a criticism, but. You go back to post-season last year and early rounds of this year, and now you look at it and you go, okay, he's probably winning our best and fairest or top two, top three, something like that. Ruckman take a while. Bailey's 24. So, you know, as you say, Jack Williams, 18, 19, coming off the pretty pretty bad run-up to this year and a few injuries last year. So certainly not the worst uh, little showing out for him. Uh, another guy I want to spotlight just before we move away from player-by-player, player, but Jamie Cripps, a very welcome return for him. And you look at the numbers and you go, all right, 10 disposals and he kicked a goal. That's all right. Can't have been that good. 14 tackles. And I think the up-and-back running that we've missed between him and Ryan is telling. And, you know, it's okay, it's one game, small sample size, but... Keys, this is why we're talking about, do you shut these guys down and get an extra mid-season draft pick? Now, as it turns out, there were other options, and I'm not pretending I'm still particularly wrapped with the way they handled that. But to get a guy like Cripps back and to get forward pressure, 14 tackles, he was cracking in hard. Even if you want to throw some of the other veterans in there, I didn't think Sheed had a particularly good game. But he's come away with a career-best nine tackles. Gaff was digging in really hard and just body-lining the football, getting after it. There's a cricket reference for you, uh, Oka, by the way. Don't worry about it. Uh... I just thought, you know what, as you said, if, if the veterans are going to play, they're going to set the standard. Great return for Cripps. Really happy with the effort from some of the other senior guys, even though I think in execution maybe they weren't the finest players on the day. But uh, just good to see some of the, those guys back. Curse, uh, moving away from player by player, what do we take away from this game? Because it's the first game in a long time where I actually think you can build off it. And we've talked about, okay, we'll come back at the back end of the pod, but maybe the Brisbane game's not the one to build off of. Brisbane at the Gabba. Uh, but you know what? They've sent a benchmark for, for effort, and you, you can't expect less than that now. I know they're under the blowtorch all week, but we've seen what they can do. You're only going to get the odd player back here and there to give the team a little bit more shape, you know, touch wood. So what do you take away from that game? Because it was great as a palate cleanser, but that being a one-off, I don't think it's going to sit too well in two weeks or three weeks or four weeks. Yeah, I think um, if just players just back themselves in, and I think, um, you know, they're certainly... Uh, some of the youngsters have got fantastic confidence and I think we saw that on, on the weekend. And I think, um, you know, maybe this game might be one of the only positives coming up. I think when I, when I think it's ahead, so I think it's something to look back on and, you know, put on Fox footy, Fox sports and, and, and turn it on and see how good footy was, was played by us. Cause I think it's going to be a bit of a rough ride ahead. So, but yeah, um, yeah but on, um, on, um, on Williams. Um, yeah. I think he's, uh, he's really, really matured and he's, you know, Oh yeah. Remember last year against Geelong in the last game of the season, he was our only player really to do anything, and and he's continued that on to this season. And I think, whilst I don't think he'll be our number one ruckman going forward, he can certainly be a very good backup ruckman. 
and you know he will certainly be able to be mobile around the ground and and be a goal a goal kicker as well. So he's he's done quite quite well this season, and um, so we're getting little positives going going forward for the rest of the season. I'd like to see more kids come come into the team. I mean, I know we don't have many many spots, you know, because there's just all, all the injuries. But I'd like to see um, some of the others, like maybe True, get even more of a chance towards the back end of the season. But I guess um, you need to sort of, I think you still need to rely on the, the veterans as well just to mm. keep things steady, I suppose you could say. Well, and one thing we've not really touched on, and we'll get back into it, Keith, when we talk about the Brisbane game, but the laid out for Kelly, that for me, I thought, oh, Christ, here we go. As you said, <laughs> 20 seconds into the game, they kicked a goal, and I thought, oh, my God, this is yeah. going to be absolutely atrocious. So, you know what? Hats off to them. Um, keys, for me, it can't be a one and done, but as long as they keep building on a little bit, what does is, what is building on this look like to you, mate? Because if, if we get a bit of a touch-up at Brisbane, that's okay in the scheme of things, but how do they make sure they back it up in these last couple of weeks? Yeah, well, I think that's what's important because if you want to be a, a, a negative Nancy from the weekend, it's the the view that where was that effort the last, you know, for the best part of the last 10 or 12 weeks hmm. because we hadn't, you know, we've, you know we've, we haven't seen that really. Um, and it was like, you know, why why did it take a, a near 30-goal loss to, to draw out? And, and bearing in mind that 30-goal loss was a response to a 20-goal loss the week ago. Yeah. So... That's where, um, if there's a sort of cautionary view on on that on that game, as as good as it was, it was still a loss where we're in a winning position, um, and it's the sort of thing that you probably you would have liked to have seen more of more regularly earlier. The the challenge now is to maintain that through the through the back half of the year. Now it's going to be. We'll talk about the Brisbane. I mean, it's a really tough trip against Brisbane, so there's there's a real danger that we can drop back. But we need to. It was an intent. I think I heard Bill Schofield talk about it. So it was not effort because players don't try, but there was a proper there's a proper intent to the way they went about their footy. And I think what was that pressure rating at times during that first half was oh, sort of yeah. Elite, wasn't like, it? Yeah. that pressure gauge that no one understands was up around two twenty, two thirty, or something like that, which is in sort of elite areas. So that that's that's not a, and that that pressure gauge, that's got nothing to do with skill. That's a you know, that's an effort based thing. So you need to bring you need that against Brisbane. That's that's all that's what you ask for. I mean, if you bring that and you're you're bringing that sort of intensity to the game and you lose by ten or twelve goals, you go, Well, I mean the Collingwood game was like that a little bit. Yeah. And I think for the most part everyone sort of said, Okay, we lost to Collingwood by ten goals, but we the effort was there and we got beaten by a better side. Um and same against Brisbane. But that's gotta be um the St Killer game has to be a baseline because we were the twenty three that ran out there were the last twenty three were the only twenty three players we had to pick the only two guys that played in Waffle were um, Dewar and Baker, who, yeah. I mean, they're borderline Waffle players. They're not AFL players. They're nowhere near. Yeah. So we, we were on – we brought – I mean, we brought Barnett in. You know, he's a, he, he is the last guy on our list that, that's ready to play AFL football, and we had to play him as a sub. That's where we're at. So, mm. um, But we still put in a competitive performance. So as much as you want to – I mean, I, you know, I've been pointing at injuries all year, and as much as you want to point at injuries, you generally say, well, shit, we had 20 guys out, and we were still capable of doing that. So, you know, that's, that's what the next eight weeks look like. I'm uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, as I say, back in 89, I think, remember, I don't know if you guys remember that well, but back when we lost to Essendon by 142 points, uh, we turned up the next week against Sydney at the Wacker in front of 12,000 fans, our lowest home crowd ever, um, and we, we smacked a fairly decent Sydney Swan side. So 
Um, I guess we have a bit of history of fighting back from terrible losses, I suppose. But, yeah, um, we didn't win, obviously, um, against St Kilda. But, look, the effort was there. So I just hope that we can, you know, have that going forward for the rest of the season and, you know, keep the, the losses to a to a respectable margin, like we did at the start of the year where we lost, you know, Port Adelaide by 40, you know, I think, you know, even Geelong. I think we were in the Geelong game we 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 yeah. really all right, and we managed to keep it down to a respectable level. That's what we're after. But yeah, it's going to be tough. And Brisbane are right at right at right at the top of the mountain at the moment, so it's going to be going to be an interesting Saturday. Yeah, it might be a bit of a long one. Just before we get into, uh, we'll move off the Saints game. But one last stat, and shout out to Miguel Sanchez in the comments as well. Good evening. Uh, it was our biggest tackle count since 2019, he says. And if I look at the tackle numbers, uh, the Saints had the ball more or less, you know, 20-odd more times, and yet we've come away plus 20 in tackles. We had 92 tackles compared to 72. I could not think the last time the Eagles come away plus 20 in tackles, so I'll uh, do a little bit of research and come back to you on that. But, yeah, it's as Kay said, you know what? you you, you got legs, you can run, you can put in the effort. It doesn't matter if you can't kick. doesn't matter if you're, you know, no good or shouldn't be shouldn't be playing yet, not quite ready. If you can go, you can go. And so, uh, yeah, it was, look, you know what? I've said it a few times, a bit of a palate cleanse and... Hopefully a little bit more of a uh, a refreshing game of footy from the ABS. And we lost the inside fifty count, but we you know the fact that we got tackles, you know that's that's awesome. So um, I think we lost we negative eleven inside fifties, thirty nine to fifty. I think I read before. So yeah, so look, you know we got to take the positives, and you know winning the tackle count is huge, and that's something that we are good at. So you know add other things to the list that we can be good at. Hopefully, I think I think the thing there too was I mean we we were still a we were still a we're still in the game, and yeah. I, I can't. You know, we had a, we, and we had a couple of chances late. You know, Alan made a couple of um, blund, uncharacteristic blunders, and it was one or two. I think, I think was it Petch sort of missed a snap that he might have got. And, yeah, he waited uh, like he didn't go too quickly, and then he seemingly took too long and put himself off of it. It was very odd. Yeah, so we had a couple of a couple of you know, had a couple of sniffs late to you know to try and to try and pinch it. So um, I think the other one we didn't touch on was I thought Bazo had a pretty good game too. So um, it was it was nice to see Barras give um, get on top of Max King and keep him quiet. Well, there you go. Beautiful segue, Keys. I reckon you've done this before because that will take us into the news for the week, which is some Tom Barras trade rumours. Uh, Keys, you can lead us off on this one. The chat is Sydney. This is apparently a club that was very keen on him some years ago. I think he's got relatives living in Sydney and the like, but of course, local boy, uh, premiership player. He's been sort of earmarked as the next captain. I don't know where Oscar Allen fits into all of this, but... Tom Barras is the the backbone of the club at the moment in, in a lot of ways, and certainly through last year, he was best and fairest and pretty much the only watchable player last year for great stretches of it. So long, long contract. He's only just signed a big, long deal last year. Trade rumours are starting to bubble up and apparently more real than not, although I suppose you never know with these things. So so what do you make of all of this and how should the Eagles approach it? Yeah, well, the, the rumour was late 2021, I think, that Sydney came, so they came chasing him because he was coming into... Free agency at the end of it was due to come free agent end of last year, I think, mm. um, and that triggered the, the sort of monster extension through the end of twenty twenty seven. Um, so yeah, like, you know, well, he's pretty safe. Um, then I, one of the um, one of the clowns at the West wrote about about a month or so ago and said there's you know some interest in Barras and he might be going to Sydney. He's, I believe his Sydney his sister lives over there. 
Yeah. Uh, so it was a bit. And then um, Mitch Cleary, who sort of comes a little bit from the um, Damian Barrett, uh, Tom Morris school of numbnuts, Sam McGlure. <laughs> Um, he he sort of run with it again, saying, "Look, well, you now these these rumours won't go away. The recruiters are talking about it. And, you know, it, it's primarily Sydney, but there's other clubs interested as well. So it's really hard to know with this sort of stuff. Um, you're wondering who's generating it. Sydney usually are pretty good operators. They don't normally let too much of of what they're doing out of the bag. I mean, they managed to um, basically go through a whole season knowing that Buddy Franklin was going to go to them as a free agent without anyone knowing. So um, so they're pretty good at keeping shit quiet in Sydney. So I don't know if it's coming from them. I don't know. Um, I doubt very much it's coming from us. I doubt it's coming from Rass. So I don't know where they're sort of stemming from. But um, So it's hard to get a gauge on to how realistic they they are, but they're sort of floating about out there. So um, it's one of the things that's probably... He's probably the one player on our list that has got some genuine trade currency um, and he's and, and one that I don't know you could say we could afford to lose, but given that he's 27 going on 28... He's probably in that age bracket where um, by the time we start to come properly good again, he's going to be like at the back end of his career. We've sort of seen, you know, once guys get into that 32, 33, they start to drop away. Um, so there's, it's the sort of thing that we haven't done as a club in the past, and that's move a guy on um, when he has some trade value. We've tend to stick stick to them, um, but it's something that when you look at what you know, some of the other clubs have, other clubs that have sort of uh, like the Richmonds and the Hawthorns, they actually have done that sort of thing where they've moved guys on in the back sort of third of their career and got some genuine drug. I mean, Hawthorne did it with um, Nathan Thompson and Jonathan Hay back in the mid-2000s and, and, and I think one of those trades got them uh, Buddy Franklin. So um, I'm not quite sure. That might have been Lewis or something like that, but they got something decent out of it anyway. Yeah. So it's... Well, oh, you only have to look at what they're doing now as well, you know, moving on Mitchell sort of, and everyone. Yeah, so you, you, you sort of... You don't want... I mean, certainly you don't want to be pushing him out the door. Like if he's, but if he came to the club and said, "Look, I've got this off from Sydney. I kind of like it. I want to explore it." Um, I, I think the club would want to be exploring it um, if they've got his blessing. And I think the fact that we've got him to a four-year contract gives us um, all the negotiating power if he does ask for a trade because um, it's, it's four years. So, and I don't think I don't think he he doesn't seem Seems to be he's unhappy. Um, so it's not like he's a disgruntled player that, that that's under any circumstances. So um, in terms of a rebuild and things like that, it's a it's a kind of tantalising sort of prospect because we've been, there's been a fair bit of discussion on the board. But Sydney, as it stands, have got like pick five in the draft at the moment, um, and I think there's there's a genuine belief. You know, even the comments from the media, they've sort of. Um, that sort of seems around the mark. I mean, I think one of the guys, one of the media commentators said, well, we might have to absorb a bit of Tommy Brass's salary to get pick six. But, you know, so yeah, if that's if that's what we need to do, that's what we need to do. I mean, pick six in pick six is, is kind of handy for us at this point in time in our in our rebuild phase. So um, if nothing happens, we keep him. Um, if we get him go, as long as we, you know, strike a decent bargain for him, it's kind of a... Yeah, it could be a, a sort of win-win. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out in the back half of the year. Uh, cursory mercenary, bring you back in here, Curse, and say, look, Tom Barras, what's he worth? It's a pretty simple question, but, you know, there's a lot of layers to it because 
okay, you get a great pick and it's a role you need to fill, but you've got a, a, a great asset or maybe a few to, to play with. You know, maybe you only sell them if you get massive overs. Mm. The other side of it is team needs a little bit of shape and we've seen how much better everybody feels after a close loss. You feel, you know, the, the kids need some shape to develop with and you can't just send them out there to the 60, 100, 200 point beatings and expect them to develop as they might in a team with a bit of shape and a bit of structure. So, I mean, are, are we keeping Barass or are we forcing him out if the deal is right? And, and if it is, what, what does the correct deal look like to you? Yeah, I, I've um, you know, been studying this today and I've been going back and forth on it. Um, you know, Sydney have pick six. They also have pick 22 and 25. So, And they have a, um, a young fellow called Logan McDonald as well, who's a, a great young West Australian um, key, key key position player. So we, we have, they have plenty of options to, to throw our way. Um, certainly, I think if, if we get off at pick six, and pick six on its own, I don't think does the job, but I think it'll have to be thrown in with a maybe a pick, one of the other two picks, uh, 22, or, um, you know, or, of course, um, McDonald as well. Um, but then again, like, yeah, I mean, if you throw him, if, you, if Brass isn't there, I mean, it, he's such a key player for us. Um, you know, he, he's the lead, he's almost the leader of the back line now. I mean, with McGovern missing every second week. So, um, you know, McGovern will be there next year, but uh, if Brass isn't. But again, we don't have that other key tall really in in our list at the moment. I mean, you've got Harry Edwards, but I'm not too sure about Harry Edwards how his how his progression has been. It's just I don't think the coach knows either if he's the right one to go forward with. So it's a very interesting um, discussion to have. Um, I probably would lean on trading him, given his age, 27, 28. You know, in two or three years' time, if we get back to finals, you know, you'll start to be kind of towards the end back end of his career. So. Uh, you, you can't turn down a, a pick six and a Logan McDonald. I think you've got to take it in our position. Um, unfortunately, as I like, as I do like Barras, even though he does lose his head every <laughs> every second or third game, he seems like one week he's the the best defender in the league, and the next week he's the ball's flying over his head, and you know the, his opposition players marking it behind him in running into an open goal. So, but um, more often than not, he's a he's a steady hand back there, and he's. Uh, He's a leader as well. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting um, interesting conversation going forward and I'm not sure which way it'll go, to be honest. I fall on the you, you want to keep your, your structure as well, you know, like I say, in terms of guys developing in a, in a system and a, a team with a bit of shape. But given his contract, and obviously, look, his age and our timeline aren't in perfect sync, but I do think he's our next captain, uh, assuming yeah. he stays and he's signed a long contract. So perhaps, perhaps he does, perhaps this is just paper talk you never know but I just think if the deal is right it would have to be pretty significant overs and I would want more yeah. than six uh, as you said as you touched on there. Yeah. and is that too does that make everybody walk away and go no nah, thanks or do you take a six and a Sheldrick or six and a couple upgrades in your later picks and things like that? I yeah. don't know that maybe the right deal is there but but maybe I just think we've got all, as Keith said, we've got all the chips. Yeah. Provided Barass isn't throwing the toys out of the cot, and he's shown no indication of that he's always seemed like a pretty level-headed guy, and you know, pretty open with the media, and pretty happy to chat about some of his stuff post the post the flag as well. So rumors have been around for a while, haven't they? Because the, the, these were even around last uh, last season as well. And, you know, should Barass be traded to Sydney? So there's something there. We don't know where it's come from, but um, it's it's there, isn't it? So. Um, but he seems happy, I guess. I mean, not obviously the way we're playing, but um, he, he seems content. And he's obviously in, in his home state, so so yeah, uh, it could go either way. Um, who knows? 
It's it's something that sort of I, I think what you said, Curse, I think there were some mutterings about it at the end of last year as well. So I don't know if it's just one of those ones where the media like throwing throwing a name up and it's one that they just throw up to, to generate some chat and some clicks and so um I think in a trade I think you probably put a line through Logan McDonald because mm. with with Franklin retiring, I don't I think Sydney I think if you said yeah, you know, if we said Logan McDonald, Sydney would just go now nah, Barlow because that's a pretty important cog. Yeah, I mean, they, they're, they're lied on for a key forward, so I don't think they're going to trade a key forward. Um, Sheldrick is one that you know you probably got a bit more hope on because they're pretty Sydney are pretty stacked with with mids, so Sheldrick would be one that you might to um, to pick off. Um, and then yeah, they mentioned Brad Warner, didn't they? But uh, somewhere on the news or somewhere on the pod on the forum. But I think that's a little little too far. I think I think, I think someone said oh, in the yeah. someone someone said uh, said Warner, but I think they said uh, Corey, not Chad. So I think oh, right, Chad. Yeah. Sort of, yeah, I think I think Chad's one again a bit like McDonald. I don't think he's not going to let him go. And no. and I and I expect that for the reasons these brothers here, I don't think you're going to be able to pick Corey off either. But Sheldrick was one that maybe, but. It's, but there is by trading Barras, we do create a we create a void in our backline that's yeah. that is going to be like like you said, Curse Harry Edwards is sort of um, he's not really come on this year as as I'd hoped. Um, you'd be, you'd be putting a fair bit of responsibility on Bazo to step up quite quickly, and I think Bazo's. Um, more third tall than a, than yeah, a I don't think, 3D. I don't think that's his role. Um, uh, and, his and, and, then you're, and then you're relying awfully on um, McGovern staying. I mean, if you if you turn around and said, "Well, we'll guarantee you 23 games out of McGovern next year," then I'd I'd I'd, I'd say yes, but um, I'm not putting money on Gov playing 23 games. <laughs> I mean, I hope he does, and I hope mm. I'm wrong. But you know, he he hasn't got he hasn't got the um, the track record behind him of late as to. Um, I think someone, one of the people, someone on the um, on the thread did make mention of, uh, yeah, maybe we, we we could drag Mitch McGovern in from Carlton on the on the cheap as a stopgap for a couple of years, and I mean that's not a that's not a stupid idea because I don't think he, he's off contract at Carlton this year, so that big money contract that he's got at Carlton, I mean he's got a nice big fat belly after he's scammed in for five years, so he's been fit um, this year, well, so that's good. Uh, so you know, maybe you know, maybe we can set up a pie shop, and the two brothers can run that as a bit of a adjunct to uh, a lower pay. Um, so that's not, you know, that's not a, um, yeah, you know, he he would probably be someone for a year or two to to fill in whilst we look for for someone else um, that might be. But lots and lots and lots of uh, newsprint and wasted airspace on that between now and uh, and October, I'm sure. Uh, a couple of quick comments here before we move off of Barras. Uh, Barras is in an age bracket that we're desperately short of, spot on. And then uh, a new comment here from Twitch. So good day to Stalin jumping in on Twitch and uh, saying good day. Similar to what you were saying there, Keith, if there was a way to grab another mature key defender through the trade period, the loss of Barras wouldn't be so bad. Even if they're not an A grader, they just sort of filled the gap for a Baza or an Edwards, either while they come on or maybe while the picks do. Uh, let's move things along, guys. We'll talk heroes and villains. Curse, you're on debut, so you can uh, let us know what's made you happy this week. We'll start with some heroes. Uh, it can be Eagles, it can be broad AFL community, it can be international, whatever you like. Who's your hero of the week? Hero of the week. I'll, I'll stick with the, the youngsters for the Eagles, um, Elijah Hewitt, uh, Campbell Chester, maybe to a lesser extent. 
Um, and just the just uh, Shuey leading from the front um, last week um, against St Kilda, just um, you know gave a good lift to the to the joint, and um, yeah, made us all happy, a little bit happy at least for for a, a bit of a week. Yeah, so um, villain as well. Uh, we'll get to villain in just a sec. We'll yeah. whip around and do some heroes. Uh, my hero for the week. Off-field somewhat, but uh, Jackson Nelson modelling the gold variant of the Indigenous jumper uh, this week, and that's all on social media as well. Absolute ripper. Blue one, 10 out of 10. Gold one, 10 out of 10. 10.1 out of 10. Maybe even slightly better. So there you go. Uh, Hero of the week there, it's the jumper really, but also good day to Jackson Nelson. Keys, who do you like this week? Yeah, I like um, yeah, Noah Long, goal of the week. There you uh, go. Just in time with the comment. Not enough love for Noah Long's yeah. goal of the week winner. Yeah, so uh, great minds. Tommy Brass got Mark of the Week with quite possibly the shittest Mark of the Week yeah. you've ever wished for. Um, but, yeah, go along, you know, I was, yeah, I've had him a chair for, um, you know, with that one. That was that was great. I mean, he hasn't, it's been exciting. He hasn't got on the scoreboard um, a lot this year. I mean, he's sort of been in and around and he, he spoon-fed Cripps a couple of goals, two or three goals against GWS early in the year. So it was nice to... Nice to see him get on the board, and he's he's um he's one of those guys. He, he just just like seeing him do well. He's he's like a. I mean, he still looks like he's fifteen. I mean, I can't believe that. Yeah. Um, you know, he's out there playing against men. He's he's looking. You know, he'd be more at place at home with the Oz kickers, but um, but you know, when he lays a tackle, like more often than not, his tackles stick. He's sort of um, and I think he's going to be. He he has a making of a um. A real crowd favourite for 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 many years to come. He's just um, he's not on himself. Um, he does the team things. He's got real footy smarts, and once he sort of gets finds his feet properly at at this level, I think um, he's going to be really really good. Uh, I, he's just about my favourite player already. Um, I love the little bugger. So yeah, he's he's my hero. I've got one more that. The Noah Long chat just reminded me, and I was thinking about this during the game, if he ever gets a Ashton Hams slash Jack Ginnivan style ducking or a trick or something that people don't like, people are going to hate this kid. And I think they're going to hate Elijah Hewitt because of the carry-on. That's okay. If you're good enough, you're good enough. You can back it up. Noah Long, small players, you know, if you get you get a reputation for something. Where that led me to with my hero was, I don't know if you guys saw this, the Collingwood Reserves played Frankston on the weekend, and I think they belted the absolute shit out of him. Now... <laughs> I am not an Ash Johnson guy. He was picked up in the mid-season draft last year, and the career story is quite nice. He's done well to get to this point. I think he's a useful cog in the machine for Collingwood with where they're at. I think if you put him on another list, let's say hypothetically our list, he would not make it. You know, he's he's, he's happy that he's at Collingwood, and good luck to him. He's a better footy player than I am. But he played in the reserves, and he had a bit of back and forth with one of the players on the opposition for Frankston. Took a mark out on the wing and the guy's overcommitted and run himself out of the field and sort of dove to the boundary line. Johnson has come in, and I don't know if everyone's seen this, and I'm sure they have. It's a big clip this week. He's come in and he's shown the ball almost like he's trying to hold it into the field of play whilst running out of the boundary, but in reverse. He's holding the ball out to the guy like Liam Ryan did back in the day and saying, have a look at this, mate. How good is this? And he's running along and on a wet day, he's trying to take a bounce. He's fumbled the bounce. Football <laughs> finally comes back to him. He gets chased down by this bloke and dacked and caught holding the ball all in the same place. So whoever that bloke was from Frankston, get out of the big Frankston podcast because 
that was that was heroism of the finest. I thought that was an absolute ripper. Anyway, I reckon it might be Noah Long this week, boys. Who's uh, who's our big hero? Yeah, Noah Long. Very yeah, good. Noah Long. Yeah. Very, very good. All right, curse villain. Who did we dislike? Or how? It doesn't have to just be one. Go for your life. How many people did we dislike this week? Um, I just think um, just think Jack Darling uh, is just continuing to struggle. I'm, I, I don't. You know, I'm sort of hate the guy, but. You know, you just sort of, you just feel it's just, it's almost like a sad end to, he's, he's just, he's kind of just petering out his career, he's just six touches and a goal, um, he just doesn't have that presence, almost like, a, like what Lance Franklin's offering up at Sydney at the moment in a way, so, um, uh, yeah, I mean, also, um, you could say the English cricket team, they're a bit of a villain this week, aren't they, with their... Uh, with the, with the stumping. Um, so, so go yeah. on. I will, I will long-time <laughs> listeners know there's no cricket chat. I will lift the cricket chat ban. You two can go for I don't have anything to say. I've got no thoughts. I've got no comments. The only thing, actually, you know what? I've got one thing to say. That room at, was it at Lords? Where was it? That yeah, the long room at Lords. Yeah. What, how is that allowed in the year 2023? That is the saddest, strangest, creepiest <laughs> little room I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You two go for your life. Do your cricket chat. Call them villains. Call them whatever you want, legally pending, you know. But go for your life. Yes. All yours. It's an exclusive room just for the the MCC members, the Mirabal Cricket, Cricket Club members, uh, kind of like what you have at the, the MCG. And uh, very posh people in there. Um, yeah, oh. they, uh, yeah, they're quite, quite the uppity, uppity part of the of, of English society in there. So. Yeah, I was actually there in 2018. Um, I had a tour of Lords, and uh, it's an amazing, amazing venue. If you guys ever make it to London, definitely have a tour of Lords. It's magnificent. So, yeah, but um, a little hard been there, evidently. Sorry about that one, uh, Kirsten. But um, yeah, no, um, yeah, certainly very interesting in the cricket this week. Yeah, um, on my part, not too many villains. Um, just I can just really think of one with Jack Darling, but that, I mean, being a villain, I mean, that's a bit harsh on him as well. So. Um, yeah, anyone else with any, any other villains? Interesting Jack Darling chat, which we'll uh, earmark for later down the line, maybe another show, another week. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is this is something that I know uh, a couple of the big footy posters have been talking about. And I'm sort of surprised, weirdly, that it hasn't gained more traction if we're talking Tom Barras stuff and whatever. But, I mean, Melbourne just lost a game where they had about, they were about plus 25 and in inside 50s. They cannot kick a goal to save their life. Mm-hmm. They got... Probably the best midfield machine in footy or, or close to it. Clearly in the window to compete. I'm thinking, like, just chuck us a pick, guys. You've got a couple of first-rounders. I'm sure you've got some other mm. decent picks. Just, I, I'm not, you know, if he doesn't want to go, he doesn't want to go. And honestly, mm. battling on with the fractured arm and the plate on the arm, you can see he's not comfortable. I know he came down on his shoulder as well. So, like, I'm not... I wouldn't push the guy out whatsoever. I'm just surprised that people aren't trying to connect more dots with a guy like Jack Darling, given Oscar Allen, given Marek, given, you know. We, we did it. Quinton Lynch moved on in, in, um, at the end of his yeah. Well, he still had a bit, he had a bit of value. Uh, Colin had um, picked him up for a couple of years. He only ended up staying for one. He retired, sadly, due to injury. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, clubs like that, you know, you know, Darling next year could kick 30 goals. It could mean a premiership for for a top end team, um, like maybe Melbourne. Uh, they're, they're um, I think they need a lot more than just another Ford. I think they need a couple of Fords. That um, it's really disrupting their premiership charge. I mean, you, you look at Kasaya uh, Pickett. He's having a terrible year as well. He, he can't even can't even crumb to the to the tools they've got at the moment. And they got Fritch, uh, Bailey Frisch out. He's a player I really admire. He's got injured on the weekend, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I'm just, it's, I'm not, as I say, I'm not showing anyone the door. I'm just surprised if we're making up trades and links. There seems like a few obvious ones that aren't being connected there. Uh, villainy keys, anybody this week? Footy world, cricket world, whatever. Go for your life. Yeah, I'd give a nomination to the entire fucking country of England. Um, just the 
biggest fucking sook I've ever you know, seen over something that was because they're dopey, uh, fat ginger wicketkeeper um, <laughs> didn't didn't pay attention. And this is all it's all his own fault. It's nothing to do with anything else. Just a massive, massive sook fest. Um, so um, I've got a soft nomination for um, Trevor Nisbet. With his little video, I mean, I know we sort of said last week, you know, you know, where's Nisbet? You know, mm. um, I find the timing of it, you know, he sort of stuck behind the stuck in the bunker for three months when we were getting belted every week, and then we've had one good game, and he sticks his head up, and you know, sort of a bit of a self, almost like a self-serving, self-congratulating little video. Would I mean, his probably intentions were in the right place, but I just thought the timing was a little bit off. If if that video had to come out from um, Paul Fitzpatrick, I would have felt a little bit better about it, given that that he sort of made he sort of hasn't covered himself in glory the way he's done it, but at least he sort of had the um, the the spine to sort of stand up and come out and talk to the supporters when we weren't going well. So just a little drive-by clip on Trev. Um, it's a tough one because you say you know I, I do agree with you. Okay, but yeah, it's the timing of it because we wanted to hear from him, and we were saying last week, "Where is he? Let's let's hear from him." So turning down the priority yeah, pick, very um, very strange comment to make. I mean, I know it sounds like we've been confident that well, we're too good a club to ask for a priority pick, but I I think we're well entitled to ask for one given our struggles. We've had we've had some <laughs> before. I'm not a priority pick guy. I think no one should get him, but. No, no, we've I, I, had them before, so the pride argument's a bad one because where were you in, in, you know, Luke Shuey's day and Jack Darling's day and whatever yeah. else it might be? Yeah, it's a. Yeah. Um, the other one, and I don't want to dwell on it because it's it's a really shit thing, but whoever the fucking clown is in the um, universe that leaked those nude photos of oh, the yeah. yeah. is. Um, they can absolutely oh, yeah. get in the bit. Um, I, I've I've seen I've seen the list of the players. I've not seen any of the photos. I don't know the context behind any of them. Um, oh, so this is read... this is legit. Sorry, I thought this was just some rumor. Yeah. Yeah. May thirteenth. No, no. This is like there's a, a yeah thing. Was it a leak off the phone, or was it um, was it more of a it just ended up somewhere? Someone's put a, a Google Drive file of. I think it's 45 players. Mm. Some, Jesus Christ. Some ex and current players of um, dude or, you know, um, yeah, not not great photos. Um, there's talk that at least some of them are, um, are fake. So, um, and, and that maybe a couple of photos may have inadvertently outed a couple of players as well. In terms Jesus of their, um, so it's it's really bad. Um, like I, said, I don't want to I don't want to dwell on it. I think Simpson was asked about it in his press conference today, and he, sh- he shut it down. He shut it down straight away. He just said, mm. "I don't want to give it any oxygen. I don't want to talk about it." Um, but yeah, whoever that person is that's done it, I don't know how they've collected them or anything like that. It's just a really yeah. shitty things to do. Yeah. Um, and and I think if. Uh, the reaction to it has been um, pretty pretty condemning, um, but pales into if if they were AFLW players, um, I mm. think the, the outrage you, you would be people would be screaming about from the rooftops saying how bad it is. Yeah. And I don't think just because it's men, it doesn't make it any better. And I think it's really disgusting. And that person just absolutely get in the bin. And I hope they get caught. And I hope they get thrown in jail for it. Yeah. 
clip. There you go. All right, let's get things back on track and back on the field, I reckon. Let's talk against Brisbane. The Eagles are heading over to the Gabba. Curse. The Eagles suck at the Gabba even when we're good. We said this against Sydney, and look what happened there. Uh, we're currently not quite so good, and we're heading to the Gabba. It was, for a time, I think we were the, the longest underdogs in uh, in AFL history or in modern AFL history and things like that. So, look, not expecting the world, the ins and outs. You know, it's nice to see that Kelly's back in and a couple of the long-termers as well. Gov's back in. They've confirmed that Tom Cole will be the sub. Hearn and Shuey pulled up sore. It doesn't surprise me because they were all over it and cracking in. And you know what? When I saw that they pulled up sore, I thought, that's pretty annoying. And then I realised we're sending them over to the Gabba. So stuff it. Stay home, boys. Barnett as well also out in that sub role. Uh, what are you expecting in this one, mate? Because we talked about backing it up and needing to build. And then suddenly we're sending the Eagles over to a bit of a buzz saw because Brisbane at the Gabba is a very daunting task. True. Um, we, we, we've had, I mean, uh, we've had quite a bit of success at the Gabba. Um, obviously, wait, uh, we're going back towards the, you know, from the 2006 prior to that, I think we were quite unbeatable there really against them. But mm. since then, it's been quite, um, we've had a few wins, but, you know, recently it's been tough. Uh, last year, I remember we, we faced this very similar situation, maybe probably a little bit worse. We went to the Gabba midway through last season and it was going to be death to all and, I think we scored 30. I think we were up by 75. So probably we were actually all right with that, actually. We were considering would it be a... Well, that was, that was, that was a game um, Jake Florenka played in. And we'd take that and run now as well. That's the other thing. 70-point loss. Yeah, how good. Party yeah, time. We might have had a couple of... Do we have one or two of those extra players in that game? Yeah, Florenka Fl- 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 and I think there was one or two. There was there was a couple of others, I think. Yeah, as well. we were real desperate stakes. Um, we were at desperate levels of that in that time. So we were a bit better off now, but... Yeah, um, Brisbane are flying at the moment. They've um, they brought back Jack Gunston, which is interesting. Um, they haven't brought back Daniel Rich, so that's um, his career might be at the end. And Gunston probably has one or two more opportunities. Um, they have Dunkley's out, um, so but uh, you know they're flying on, on all cylinders. They haven't been beaten at the Gabba this year. Um, it's going to be tough. We just got to be positive and just try and. Um, just keep the tackle, keep the pressure up, and just yeah, just you know, make the most of the opportunities like we did against St Kilda, um, you know, on our forward line. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, this time next, well, maybe this time, maybe again on, maybe this time next week, Sunday. Sorry, maybe Sunday after the game, we might hear more talk about will Adam Simpson be the coach again? I think you know, yeah. if, if it comes to worse, there might be that kind of conversation again. So yeah, just. Um, just keep it keep it below keep it below a hundred lads if you can. I'd, I'd like that, but um, yeah, I've got quite a busy Saturday, so I might not be able to see all of them. I'd to catch the re- catch a few of the highlights. But if we get done by a hundred and eighty points, I don't know if I don't know if I'll bother. No, it might not be the worst one to miss at all. Uh, <laughs> Keys, a couple of interesting guys here to touch on. I thought Xavier O'Neill, not I mean, not going to go villain or anything like that, mm. but he looked as far off the pace as I thought he has for a while, which is a real shame. And I know he's had quite an extended run this year, obviously, given where we've been at. Hats off to him for being available because that's the first hurdle, I suppose. But there's, there's an opportunity for some of these guys to really take this year and, and make it their own. And I feel like they probably haven't. Um, Keys is there, you know, given the senior players was last week and we also saw a few of the youth, is this the week for the un, unsung hero, you know? Is it a is it a Witherden or a Hunt or 
one of these guys that hasn't been maybe stealing the headlines but just going about their business? Is there a big week for somebody else? Petch in a new role, you know? We've seen him move up the ground a little bit in recent weeks. What, what are we looking for this week to make it a bit more palatable? Yeah, actually, if, um, we didn't touch on Petch. He actually showed a bit um, yeah, through the middle. So, he's, yeah. sort of, he's, he's sort of, the last two or three weeks, he's sort of been thrown into a bit different role and he's, he's showing that maybe for a guy who was very close to the D-list pile and maybe on it, um, if he can maintain what he showed against St Kilda, um, then he's off the D-list pile. Um, unfortunately, O'Neill is firmly on it at the moment. He's he's had a few chances this year and he's not he's never really taken them. And I think he's probably fortunate that Shuey, if Shuey had been available, I think O'Neill would have been out. Um, so he's he's very much in last chance saloon territory. I think he was probably out of the out of the guys that played, I think he was the only one that I actually looked at and thought oh, I'm actually disappointed with his game. I think most, I think Witherden had a decent game. Or Hunt was yeah. okay. Oh yeah. Um, so Neil was the he was probably the only one for me that I sort of looked and thought, geez, I would have liked to have seen more from him. So so he has to step up. Um, yeah, hopefully Kelly can sort of um, maintain his form prior to to illness and. Um, yeah, hopefully Cole doesn't get called on too early um, and you get eased into the game late and, and just sort of get a little bit of a uh, little bit of a run and a little bit of a touch into his legs late in the game. Um, and, you know, Gov will be rusty. But hopefully he can sort of um, replicate sort of what Cripps did um, off a long layoff and come in and actually make a decent contribution. Um, I want to give a clip though to you know is it like could have almost been a villain. Whoever the fuck knuckle is at the AFL that does the um, the fixtures, okay? Because there's, there's there's two parts to this. Mm. Firstly, Brisbane played at home last week on a Thursday night, mm. so they get a nine day break, and we go we have to no travel. Away. Yeah, no travel, and we have to fly across the country on a six day break. Now, whoever the fuckhead that decided that was a good idea is, um, and I think it's Travis Old who is rumored to be going to the the Melbourne Grand Prix to fuck that up instead of the fixtures. So getting the bids, fuck off, piss off. Um, yeah, the other thing is, so apart from that little little one, since 2000 and, if you want to, since 2008, have a, we've played Brisbane 18 times. Have a guess how many of those have been played in Perth. And I'll give you a bit of a hint. We've never no, played them Yeah, 2016 yeah. we played in round one there and JK kicked a bag and that was Harris Andrews' debut. I remember that one. And mm-hmm. I would... Out of, out of the last 18 games, we've played Gabba 14 times. There you go. And it's the most recent one. Did we play them in 2017 or is 2016 the most that recent 2017 one? we played them at Subi. And then that's oh, okay. the last... We so they, haven't been, they haven't been to Perth since Optus... So this is the sixth season that Optus Stadium has been um, operating. And they haven't played... They've played Fremantle. They haven't mm. played us. Um, really, I don't know how... how could it be that difficult not to go home away, home away, home away, or if there's a home home, then you, you don't play six games in one state in a row between clubs. There's a, I mean, there's a few just, of these going, isn't it? Didn't Collingwood just break their streak yeah, against yeah, Sydney I mean, recently? Yeah, there's, there's, if you go through, every, I think every club will have their own hmm. um, have their own little... I think Fremantle will play Gold, Gold Coast all the time in in uh, on the Gold Coast and things like that. Every club's got their own little... Like, 
one little pub where they never fucking travel. Like yeah. I think what you're saying um, is Sydney haven't played Sydney hadn't played Collingwood in, in Melbourne for a, for an eternity or something. Ten years is, off, is yeah. it, how, Geelong, how hard is it? Geelong have had no, like, Geelong have had twenty years of round twenty four fixtures, uh, twenty three fixtures at home. Like straight. Yeah. Like yeah. they haven't left it's Geelong just, before the finals. Right. It's ridiculous. Yeah, check it out. I think 2005, I think, was the last time they were away from it. It's one of those things where if you have two you're two clubs, you'd think law of averages would be that if you looked at the home, how many times they played each other at home versus away, they would be roughly 50%. Yeah, over a period you know, of time. Over, yeah. over, a, over a 10-year period or, or, or something like that. You know, even though four or five-year period, you would go, okay, well, you know, if you only played each other once for five years, you'd probably think, well, three home, two away or something like that. But 14-4. 14, 14, I mean, how, how? I don't fucking know how that works. So It's the um, hardest picture to put together because you know, you've got so many variables. Like, you know, everyone wants to play Collingwood away from home. Like, Gold Coast have to play them up there just for the money. Um, you know, there's well, always things thrown in. It's, it's, just, it's one of the things that AFL have – I mean, there's, there's generating a fixture to maximise crowds and maximise revenue. Mm. But when you've got a national comp that's, that's geographically fucked up because you've got 10 teams in one state, mm. you've got to – at some point you have to set aside – monetary considerations for general fairness and, 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 and equity. You've got you've got stupid things like the um like the soft cap to save the fucking Povo clubs. Um, and you've got all this shit and you can't you can't do a home away over a course of a few years. It's just a it's like one When was the last time we played Melbourne in Melbourne is the comment coming through here from Migs. The answer to that is of course 30th of March, 2014, round two, 2014 was the last time we played Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's things like that. They're just fucking stupid. How does that exist? It's bizarre. So getting getting off my soapbox. um, Nicely done. uh, Just, yep, a bit of effort from... A solid effort. Um, I think the line is eighty-one points on the in the bookies. So it'd be nice to um, it'd be nice to beat the line. It'd be nice to um, uh, if we keep this under ten goals, that'd be a great effort. Uh, we're up against it. We've got. I mean, fortunately that they've got McCarthy's out because and Dunkley. That's right. Um, they've, they've got a couple of decent players out. So um, although that little annoying little um, nugget Zorko's back. Um, <laughs> Oh, so, so Zorko out, that'd be fun. That'd be good. Give me something uh, to watch. So, um, but effort, keep it under. If we can keep it under ten goals, I'll be wrapped. Um, as long as it doesn't sort of blow out. And I think if we can avoid, if we can avoid a period of the game where we just not, yeah, one of those quarters where we get eight or nine goals yeah. back through. If it sort of, if we sort of drop two or three goals to a match quarter, you go, okay, well we're we're sort of there, but you know, it's just a talent thing, and we haven't got it to match them. So. Um, yeah, that's that's sort of what I hope, and I and yeah, I hope the um the young guys can sort of still show a little bit, and we can you know we can talk next week and go yeah you know I you know Long did this or Hewitt did that or Marrick or you know each guy had their own little patch where we can say well that was pretty good and you know we can see where we can see where the club's heading rather than um, down the drain like it was um, against Adelaide and Sydney. First in clearances, second in inside 50s, first in total points scored. So uh, not holding my breath, but, yeah, as you said there, Keys, you know, if, if you can trade one goal for every one of their two or three, maybe, you know, that sort of ticks away and it turns into a bit of a annoying defeat. But 
there is a big talent gap and we'll cop that. It's when you start getting those big runs of five, six, seven, eight unanswered goals or you're trading five to one in goals and you come away with just an atrocious scoreline. That's where the heads drop. And, and, a, and a, a late nomination for Hero of the Week, Mitch Marsh has just come in for his first test in about four years and knocked out a 50. Well done. Yeah, I saw he was on 30 before, so he was, yeah, he's kept it up. There you go. Good on him. Well done, uh, Mitch Marsh. That's uh, CWA boy. Cousin of, Brad, that... cousin of Brad Shepard, Badge. There you go. I've got some cricket knowledge and get out of Brad Shepard, one of the great men. Got to keep uh, Charlie Cameron this week because I think we might put a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of focus on uh, Hipwood and um, mm. and Joe But I think, you know, we could find that Charlie Cameron could come out and kick about nine, you know. So just got to keep um, – maybe that's why Tom Cole might – maybe he should actually start. But, I mean, if he's been named as a sub, that's what it is. So. Yeah. yeah, you're looking at it and you go, well, I mean, it's Duggan, I suppose, because it's not Hunt and it's not Witherden and it shouldn't be Bazo. So I don't mind the coal. Obviously, you can't be throwing him to the wolves there by no, starting no, him and, give, and all of that. But yeah, yeah. I'm going to give um, long-time Eagles board lurker Bristow a bit of a clip here because he had my hopes up early in the week. He reckons that um, Charlie Cameron was going to be a um, not playing this weekend. I thought, oh, that'd be nice. It'd be nice not to have to deal with Cameron. Um, but, but he's been but he's been named, so that's a shame. I think yeah. I, had some, I had some good news about Jack Jack Waterman. I think he's been he's been at the club. I think I think he's he's on the men. There was course, yeah, there was a um something came through. They said he was at the club uh, hmm. Monday or Tuesday, yeah. um, and said that he's he's sort of walking around yeah. and wasn't any sort of indication of um, of whether he'd be back this year or not. But it wasn't getting ruled out completely. So yeah, so that was that. Was that was um, that was nice, yeah. That, that, nice um, yeah, obviously he's uh, he's on the mend if he's sort of been back at the out of his bed and back at the club. So that's uh, yeah, that's encouraging. That's probably yeah. the best news we hear all week as well. I reckon. I heard that interview with his dad actually with Chris um, early um, yeah. on the morning uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it was quite he was quite disappointed with the club actually, and it sounded like. Uh, young Jake was in a bad way, but uh, at least some positive signs that he seems to be on the mend, and yeah. maybe he doesn't need to come back this season as long as his as long as his health is is good. You know, we want him, we do want him back, but hopefully his health is. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's it. Absolutely right. Let's whip around and do some tips then. Uh, apparently, we've got some belated hero nomination for some cricket. The cricket ban is back on. Uh, it was lifted briefly. <laughs> the cricket ban's back on. Mick, sorry, mate, you missed the boat. Oh, right. Uh, tips. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I think it's going to be ugly. Sorry to be negative, but I usually am uh, pretty optimistic. Not this week. We play the Gabba terribly. As you said there, Curse, I reckon Cameron might kick an absolute bag and uh, maybe a few more than a bag. Whatever's next on the pecking order than that, we're about to find out. So Brisbane by heaps, I'm talking 100-plus. Mm. Uh, but look, as we've all sort of touched on, give me something from Long. Give me a, a few little moments from Marrick. If Marrick rips a quarter apart and then does nothing for the rest of the game, just stuff where you go, okay, that's something. You know what? The 100-point loss is just going to blend into the big uh, sea of 100-point losses we've had this year and 50 points, 60, 70, 80, blah, blah, blah. Let's just get, get something where I can look at it and go, that's a highlight that you're going to stick into this guy's rising star package and we're, and we're going to see him develop. So Brisbane by heaps. And who am I most interested in seeing? I will say, yeah, let's say Marek. Why not? Uh, Keys, put a number on it. And who are you most interested in watching? Uh, 75, same as last sure. year. And Gov. Very nice. Um, because I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see, not so much for this year, but to... Um, to see what that that hopefully he's got something to continue operate um, offering uh, into next year, given um, and yeah, I agree with what Mick says there. I can sh- should have been Longy, not Peddler. 
Uh, Curse, who's going to win? Well, I think I know the answer to that one. By how much are they going to win and, and who are you most looking forward to seeing if you do catch the game this weekend? Yeah, um, I'll go Brisbane by 105. I think that's probably been generous, I think. Um, yeah. What are you looking forward to seeing? Um, yeah, just, um, uh, I guess, just all of the... I'd like to see them back up. You know, I'd like to see Hewitt back up and I'd like to see Chesser back up and, and that kind of thing and Noah Long as well. Um, and... You know, maybe Jack Darling kick a, kick a few goals, maybe. I mean, but Harris Andrews is a fantastic defender, so I think he's going to have another long weekend as well. So, yeah, just 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 the youngsters, just to back up. And I, I actually, uh, Tim Kelly and um, and uh, our other in was um, uh, Gov coming in. Gov, that's right. Yeah, actually, yeah, for Gov to get through the game without injury, and you know, hopefully, he can sort of stop a bit of the barrage coming through along with Barras. So. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, I think, for us. But um, yeah, it's we're, we're used to it. Ah, it's gonna be fun. Imagine if we won. Imagine how funny it'd be if we won. That'd be I a good one. Absolute turn up. That. I'm happy. In, in a way, I'm happy we didn't waste our. Uh, assuming we've got one random win left in us, I'm happy we didn't waste it against St Kilda. Little little scares, okay. But I want mm. the uh, I want the talkback radio meltdown of a, an Essendon or a Carlton for me. So just save mm. that win, boys, and just use it use it when you need to. Uh, all right, guys, that will do it from us this week. Keys, thank you very much for coming on the show, mate. Yep, no worries. Not a problem. Yeah. And oh yeah, Curse as well. We've had uh, had another debutant, and not as the sub, a full debut this week. So that's fantastic to see. Thanks for coming on the show, mate. Thanks, Badge. Had a great time. No worries. And guys, yeah. thank you very much to everybody in the comments. A few good comments this week, and uh, actually a couple of fresh faces in the comments as well, which is good to see. So very nice. Stay tuned and stay on board, and we'll uh, we'll unpack the carnage that's probably coming up pretty shortly next week. All right. Bye for now, guys. Go to the Eagles. Good, guys. Thanks.